We're talking about a very serious topic today and one of my favorites, which is obedience. Obedience. So uh, look at Milan sitting on ready. How you get on here so fast, Milan? <laughs> um, we're talking about one of my favorite topics today, which is radical obedience. And I want to talk about the very real cost of disobedience because those who understand the concept of obedience understands the cost of disobedience. Now, some people, I would almost argue the majority of people aren't really familiar with it, with what it means to live a life of radical obedience. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to start by defining what radical obedience is um, and then talk about the very real cost of disobedience, right? The cost of inaction, because um, when you live a life of obedience, of radical obedience, it changes everything, y'all. Like it changes the game when you live a life of radical obedience. But let me start by defining that. You know, those who are used to listening to me all the time know know what it means and how I personally define it in, in our ecosystem here. Um, but I know some of y'all knew and some of y'all just need to be reminded and just need to be brought back to the present moment, right? And so let me start off by defining what it means to live a life of radical obedience, which I personally do. Um, and it is not, it is not easy initially, but then it becomes second nature eventually. Okay. Living a life of radical obedience is not easy initially because we naturally want to make decisions that are based around comfort. We naturally want to make decisions that are, um, based around familiarity. Um, and we, uh, naturally want to make decisions that we feel like where we feel like we have control. And that is the opposite of radical obedience. So let's start with what is radical obedience and then the very real, literally life altering risk of living a life of disobedience. So how do we define radical obedience? Well, radical obedience is all about surrender and submitting to your assignment. So whatever that calling is, you can have multiple callings over your lifetime. It's not just like one lifetime, one calling, but those assignments are divine downloads, right? Those are those moments of intuition that's telling you to do something, that's telling you to follow in a certain um, pathway or in, go in a certain direction, should I say? And in a lot, in a lot of cases, we ignore that intuition. We ignore that idea that comes to us. We ignore what happens in our imagination because what happens in our imagination is just previews to the main event. So many of us, we, you know, will sometimes, especially when we're, when we're younger, we'll allow ourselves to dream. We'll allow ourselves to imagine. We are, will we, we will allow ourselves to envision. However, if we don't, take that, if we don't pluck that kind of out of our head and try and make it happen for real on earth, then what begins to happen is we begin to imagine less and less. And we find ourselves, you know, living a life of disobedience unintentionally, like somebody or something told you to write that book. Somebody or something told you that the current space you're in from a career or professional standpoint, ain't it? And that you should have pivoted a long time ago. Something or something told you to make that investment in yourself, to make that investment in your business, something or something, you know, someone told you, you know, to return to your roots when it comes to your spirituality, when it comes to your faith, um, something or someone told you to pivot in that relationship. And in many cases, we don't follow that thing. And it's usually rooted in fear. It's rooted in, you know, little to no faith. And what, it, what happens is it begins like a snowball effect 
of like life altering experiences and not in a good way. And I want to talk to you today about the cost of disobedience, right? So in a in an even smaller nutshell to summate what radical obedience is, you know, most of us have heard the scripture, you know, um, works without faith is dead, right? Works without faith is dead. Or is it faith without works? Faith without works is dead, I think is the scripture. So faith without works is dead. Um, but what living a life of radical obedience requires you to do is surrender to faith, right? And so, but what most of us do, we understand that I got to do the work, I got to do the work. And so what we tend to do is put all of our energy, effort, and resources into doing the work, but we don't necessarily intentionally work on the faith. And so we're like, okay, okay, you know, if if faith without works is dead, let me get out here and do the work. And but some of us have not taken the time to sit back and think what it means to truly have faith. Living a life of radical obedience means you invest more in the faith side of the equation than you do the work side of the equation. That doesn't mean you don't work hard. It just means you don't solely rely on your hard work to get to where you want to be. You don't solely rely on your hard work in order to bring that vision into fruition. And that's what radical obedience is all about. It's about surrendering to faith. It's like, listen, I got this divine download that's telling me I need to pursue this mission, that I need to solve this problem in the, in the world. And that I need to show up in this certain type of way. And it is my responsibility to execute on that vision. But usually executing on that vision that wasn't your idea, it was just downloaded into you, requires a whole lot of faith, requires a whole lot of courage, requires a whole lot of depending on something other than yourself. And that's hard for a lot of us. That's very difficult for a lot of us. But listen, I decided many years ago to personally live a life of radical obedience. That's what I've been doing for years. And it's been paying off. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and then to have people in my personal ecosystem who live a life of radical obedience is also a game, cha- game changer. Cause I, you know, get a front row seat to what it looks like. I know what it feels like, but then also watching someone else live a life of radical obedience, like gives me permission to continue to do so. And so let's talk about the very real risk of living a life of disobedience, because here's the thing, um, as a plant-based health coach, as a plant-based business coach, honestly, I would argue that in this space, um, the cost of inaction is higher than it is in many other sectors. Like if you are in a helping space, something around health specifically, where you are helping people take back their power and their health, where you're helping people, you know, um, restore their body or their mind to a place of balance. I would argue that you being disobedient, working in this space has more risk than it does in some other sectors. Why? Because as health coaches, as plant-based health coaches, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients because our clients have entrusted in us their health, right? And so if we got the divine download to follow this path, to work in this healing space, to work in this health space, you know, to work in this health and wellness holistic space, if you were called to do this work or some form of this work, and at any moment you make a decision that's not aligned with obedience, you are putting a whole bunch of stuff at risk, right? Like if I'm presented with an opportunity and I let fear start eating away at me and I decide to turn it down or, or whatever, or, you know, if 
many years ago when, you know, God gave me the divine download to create a plant-based certification. If I decided that that's too hard, no other black person has ever done it. There's not a minority led plant-based certification out here. Um, you know, people are going to not buy or judge me because I'm not a doctor. If I had a let limiting beliefs like that, and you know, like the plant protocol wouldn't even exist today. Like if I had a yielded to limiting beliefs, it would have changed the trajectory of my life and a whole bunch of other people's lives. So listen, when you're in this health space, when you're in this health and wellness wholeness space, we literally have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients because our clients have literally entrusted their most valuable and precious asset with us. Like health is something there there's 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 not a lot of things in life where you can reach a point of no return. Like a lot of stuff in life is like reversible, recoupable. You can like, you can get second tries, you know, that's not health. Like there, we can have health scares and then get our stuff together. Like, Oh, okay. Let me start acting right. But we can also have health scares that we can't come back from. Like health is so precious that you can have an event that leaves you a completely different person than you were before the event. And there is little to no chance that you will ever be that person again. Like that's how precious our health is. So if you are a health coach, if you are in this space, your, your fiduciary responsibility to your clients is higher because there are things that can happen if you don't guide and lead your clients in the right way, right? where there's no coming back from that. There are things from a health standpoint that are irreversible. Now, that's not the same in business. That's not the same in a lot of relationships. That's not the same in other, in other areas of our life. But when it comes to our health, we, as the coaches, we have to be radically obedient. We have to, we have to take care of ourselves. So we have to be radically obedient to what is required to keep us whole and healthy. We have to be radically obedient when we get those ideas and those visions on what to create, how to pivot, how to position things to our clients to make it, make it more digestible for them. Like obedience is mandatory to be successful in this space. Radical obedience is mandatory to be successful in this space because our responsibility is too great. Our responsibility is too great. Here's the thing. There's in, in my plant-based certification inside of the plant protocol, we have a, a requirement like you cannot get into the plant protocol, plant-based coaching certification if you are not plant-based yourself, if you are not living a plant-based lifestyle and have gotten a significant result from doing so. Now, that's not common in other certifications. Why? Because in other certifications, whether it's a plant-based certification, I don't care what's the certification in. It could be a real estate accounting, you know, fitness certification, whatever it is. But in most certifications, you get to learn about the subject matter and change your life as you're in the program. The reason I didn't decide to run my certification that way is because I need our coaches to hit the ground running. I don't have time to wait for people to start believing in this vehicle. I don't have time to wait for people to believe in the power of plants before we get to work, right? So some people, they come, some people take a plant-based certification because, um, 
one, you know, they want to be certified in and learn, learn it at a deeper level. But two, what I find is that they're literally trying to improve their personal health journey. So they're like, I would love to learn more about a plant-based lifestyle. I would love to adopt this for myself. So I'm going to look into a certification so I can refine my own health. We don't do that at the plant protocol. You have to already be living it and have already gotten a result. There's no need to be perfect. You can still be imperfect, but you have to already be living the lifestyle, be sold on the efficacy of the lifestyle before you are eligible to be into the, in the plant protocol. And let me tell you why, because the type of coaches that I am training up are disruptive coaches who feel called to do this work, meaning they got a divine download that told them there's a, a specific problem in the world that needs to be solved that, that they are being made in charge of solving. See, when, some, when people get into certain like health-based certifications and stuff, and they, and they want to start by just working on themselves, that delays the assignment, if there ever is one. Right. But one of our qualifications for being in the plant protocol, which is why you can't get in just because you can afford it. You have to apply and pass a suitability interview. Why? Because you have to already know the assignment when you come in. You don't get to come in and explore like, ah, let me see if this plant based thing is really what everybody say it is. Like, let me see if it's if it's, you know, all that is cracked up to be. Let me see if it can really change your health or change somebody's health. You do that on your own time or you do that in my first program, Farm to Table. That's where over 70% of our coaches came from. Now, Farm to Table is for people who want to adopt a plant-based lifestyle for themselves, right? Get that transformation, get those results, and then they can decide if they want to go on to be a coach. But the reason we inside of my certification do not allow anybody in is because you have to already be crystal clear that one of the ways I want to impact the world is by introducing this plant-based approach and solving a very specific problem. In other words, you have to be on assignment when you apply, meaning me, you, meaning me applying for this plant-based coaching certification is me being obedient to what I've been called to do. That's a requirement in, in the plant protocol. Like you're applying because you feel like you're being obedient, but obedient because you got a divine download to solve a unique problem in the world. You, you, you're angry about some type of injustice in Western medicine. You want to take a plant-based approach to solving that problem. And so you've already had the vision, you've already had the imagination, you've already got the divine download, you've already had the result, you already lived the lifestyle. So by the time you come to me and you're ready to work with us, you're just being obedient. So you don't get to come in here and then work on yourself and decide if this is even assignment for you. And the reason I set the whole program up that way is because when people are operating out of obedience, they do the work. They're more likely to do the work because the risks are greater. When people are just coming in and they're just trying to explore, fumble around, see if this is something they they even believe in, you have a whole bunch of convoluted you know, you have a really convoluted, convoluted community because everybody's not sold on what you're selling yet. But the way I set up my coaching program is when you come in, you're already sold on what I'm selling. Here's a better way to put it. What to do. Here's the problem that the plant protocol um, solves. It's for people where the assignment is clear, but the blueprint is blurry. Let me say that again. 
my coaching program, my certification, is not for anybody who just want, who's interested in being plant-based and wants to maybe learn a little more about it. It's for people for whom the assignment is clear, but the blueprint is blurry. That literally means you already know when you apply to the plant protocol that I am sick of seeing people die young from diabetes. I am sick of watching my people be obese and suffer and have a low quality of life because of it. I am sick of watching parents feed their children this food that I, that I ate when I was younger and I knew I grew up to have food addictions and be overweight. I am sick of watching people perish from heart disease. Like your assignment is very clear. I am sick of watching women suffer every month with reproductive health issues, right? So I, I coach individuals for whom the assignment is clear, but the blueprint is blurry. So when they come into the plant protocol, I have the blueprint for them on how to package that assignment into a coaching business. They just need the structure because they already got the assignment. See, we are not for you if you're still trying to be sold on this, if you're still trying to figure out what the assignment is, because you don't even know if you're being obedient or disobedient yet. You just literally like shopping right like you're shopping like you're shopping to see what diet is best for you and then you shopping to see if coaching or teaching this is is your assignment you know you gotta go figure that out before you apply to work with us over here because we we're here to save lives and i'm not saying you're not i'm just saying the way i built the program is for individuals for whom the assignment is clear the blueprint is blurry Right. So they come in, they're in a suitability interview like I want to work with people with ADHD because I know we feeding these babies this food. And they can't concentrate in school. They're trying to give them psychotropic drugs and we need to change their diet. Like our applicants come in like I'm, I want to work with older menopausal women who um, who feel like this completely out of body in this menopause experience and they're unhappy and, and developing this body dysmorphia like the assignment is clear. It's just the blueprint is blurry, right? And so let's talk about the risk of disobedience, okay? Let's talk about the cost of disobedience because when you, once you have the assignment, you have a responsibility to execute on the assignment. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you what happens if you don't. Listen, I've lived a life of disobedience and I currently live a life of radical obedience. So I have very much been on both sides of the coin, right? So right now I live a life of radical obedience. Everything I do say, everything I, I create, grow, offer is obedience, period. It is not, I don't make any decisions out of fear. I don't make any decisions out of doubt. I don't make any decisions out of worry. I don't make any decisions out of lack. Like everything is like, okay, I, I've been told to do this. I don't know what's about to happen, but I surrender, like I surrender. So let me tell you what happens if you don't surrender, okay? The cost of inaction. What's the price of you not investing in obedience, all right? So the first is you have to understand your disobedience is tied to someone's disappointment. Like your disobedience is tied to someone's disappointment, right? So when you, like if you know that 
you're supposed to be in the plant protocol. Like if you know you're supposed to be in my plant-based certification and you're like nervous about it or you're like, ah, I don't know if I can, I can do that. I don't know if I can commit. I don't know if I trust myself to do the work. I don't know if I, you know, I can afford it. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, bold enough to start telling people I can help them. Like you, you don't have the confidence yet. You don't have the courage yet. You don't have the belief. Right. And so you're like, ah, I've been following Lisa for a while. Everything she's saying is good. Like she, I really resonate with what she's saying, but you're allowing a voice that's speaking out of fear, lack, doubt, insecurities make decisions for you. That's disobedience. That's complete disobedience. So the first risk of that disobedience is that your disobedience is tied to somebody else's disappointment. Because just like your obedience is tied to somebody's destiny, right? So when we're obedient, obedience has nothing to do with us personally. It has to do with who we serve. It has to do with the impact we have on other people's lives. So the very first risk and life altering risk of disobedience, right? When you get that divine download and you lock it up and put it in a closet until a better time, you lock it up and put it on the shelf until, you know, it, you got more money. You lock it up and put it on the shelf until you get the weight off first. Like whatever excuse you give yourself for being disobedient, right? You have to understand how many people are being disappointed in, in lieu of that, whether you know them or not. Our obedience is tied to somebody's destiny. Therefore, therefore, suffice it to say our disobedience is tied to somebody's disappointment. So that's the first. You, you're disappointing somebody by being dis, disobedient every single time. I mean, disobedience, you know, obedience comes down to how you take care of yourself, right? Are you drinking the water you're supposed to be drinking every day, right? Are you spending time with yourself and doing the personal development work that you're supposed to be doing? Are you working out? Are you like, disobedience like trickles. So many people think, well, I don't, people probably don't think this because people don't think about obedience like I do. So I, let me stop talking about what other people think. But here's what I don't think people know. <laughs> what I don't think people know is that when you don't take care of yourself, mo- most people think you not, now I, know, I know people believe this. People think w- me not taking care of myself is a victimless crime, right? Like who? Who am I hurting by not drinking water, by not being hydrated? Like, like who am I hurting by not eating plants every damn day? Like, who am I hurting by not having enough fiber in my diet? Like, who am I hurting if I skip a few workouts? Like, who am I hurting if, you know, I let my journaling or my meditation or whatever your mindfulness practice is, you know, come and go? Like, people think literally not being healthy is a victimless crime. You know, like low vibrational people. You know, some of y'all, y'all real smart. Y'all know that when I don't take care of myself, it's going to hurt a whole bunch of other people too. But many people think the, the personal choices you make for your health, for your physical, mental, and emotional health is a victimless crime. And that's not true. One is disobedience and disobedience is tied to somebody's disappointment. I promise you, you dealing with brain fog every day, you having low energy, no energy every day, you not being hydrated, you being malnourished affects way more people than you will ever know. Trust me. Trust me. Okay. And so your disobedience is tied to somebody's disappointment. That's the first risk of disobedience. The second risk of disobedience is, listen, I can tell you from firsthand, um, cause I live a very happy, good life, like really happy, good life. And obedience bears gifts and rewards that are beyond what you could have imagined. 
Obedience bears gifts and rewards that are beyond what you could have imagined, period. Because first of all, the assignment, i.e. the divine download that you got to write the book, to start the business, to, you know, I don't know, go live, whatever you're saying no to that you should be saying yes to. Like it wasn't your idea. It was just implanted in you, but you didn't ask for it. Therefore, the fruits of it. Also, you don't like you don't you have no idea how big the harvest is going to be from that seed because you didn't plant the seed. What they say, God did. Right. And so you didn't plant the seed. And so you're not responsible for the harvest, which is a good thing, because all you are required to do is water and nurture the seed. The harvest is going to be beyond measure. The harvest is going to be beyond measure. And so the second very real life altering risk of disobedience is you block your own blessings. You count yourself out. Like, let me tell you what obedience does. All right. Obedience makes you so magnetic. Like there's magnetism. Like I've, I've said this, I've said this before. I haven't said it in a while, but I'm attractive because of my disobedience, right? Like I am literally attractive because of my disobedience, right? I'm not talking about physical appearance. I'm saying you are, people are attracted to you energetically because of your obedience. Can I be, can I, I don't be, I don't be telling my business like that. Okay. But literally this morning, y'all, literally this morning, I was, um, I was, I just got done meditating and I don't think Briola mind me sharing this. Briola is a good friend of mine. She used to be a client of mine. She saw me speaking at a speaking engagement many years ago um, in downtown Detroit. And she she came up to me and was like, I want you to be my mentor. And we started a great relationship, right? And um, so now me and Brio have been close and been friends throughout the years. And, you know, um, so Brielle is a mindfulness. She's like, she does chakra aligning. She does breath work. She's a yogi. She's a, a vegan activist. Like Brielle is the bomb in like the mindfulness spirituality space, right? I love her. I commissioned her to do uh, um, a signature meditation for my students in Farm to Table. Like I love Brielle. We, we, we stay in touch on a regular basis. She's just, she's just so amazing to me. So anyway, I was meditating this morning, right, y'all? And then a couple hours later, I was up um, reading a chapter in in one of the books I'm reading, right? And so I don't know where Brio texts me, right? And she's like, yo, we got to connect soon. She's like, I'm at this conference right now. And they are talking about, um, I'm talking to these funders who are interested in funding individuals who are doing work in the vegan space. She was like, and I instantly thought about you. I, I, I want to connect y'all. I told them about you. Like they're super interested in the work you do. I didn't ask for that, of course. All I did was wake up every day for the past seven, eight years and be obedient, right? What I'm saying is your name, your work, your mission will circulate in rooms that you've never stepped foot in. I don't know what conference Brielle is at. I don't know what she's doing. But she, like, they talked about a thing. I came to mind right away. Not only did she tell them about me, but then she also texts me to say, I'm telling them about you and we need to hook up and, and, and make this happen. Like you become, that's magnetism. That's just magnetism, right? The more obedient and consistent you are, people 
you are on people's minds. Like people, you, you're known for something. You are like they, when people can feel and see your passion and your vision and your mission and that you're living it out, they literally are attracted to you as many as other people as they are in your space. Because people always think they spaces. It's too many people doing this work. It's too crowded. It's like, child, please, right? But as many people and as, as crowded and as oversaturated as you believe the space is that you work in, there will still be people who you are on the top of their mind for. And they are thinking about you when opportunities come up. I don't have to fight and claw for opportunities, right? Like they, like people, I show up. I always show up out of spirit of excellence and do my best work. And people are happy, literally happy (laughs) to spread your message, to spread your mission, to tell others about you. That's what obedience does. Obedience gives you magnetism. So the one of the risks of disobedience is that you block your own blessings and you demagnetize yourself. What? What? Can you imagine that? Nobody's attracted to your energy. (laughs) You demagnetize yourself when you operate out of disobedience. But when you operate out of obedience, you like, like you people can't stop attaching themselves. So y'all know how magnets do that. People are drawn to you. Like it's such a beautiful thing. You know, like I woke up this morning to a message from one of my students. Like, I just want to tell you, matter of fact, where's my phone? Oh, I'm on my phone. Never mind. But I was, I should have read this message to you guys. Like a a student texted me this morning about obedience and she literally said something along the lines of like, I used to always say when I grow up, I want to be just like you, but now I want to be more like myself because I want the attractiveness and magnetism that obedience brings. She literally said that this morning in a message, in a DM to me on Facebook, right? And I'm just like, yes, right? So this magnetism that happens with obedience is unmatched. You cannot manufacture magnetism. You only get that kind of magnetism from living a life of radical obedience. That's all it is. Living a life of radical obedience makes you so attractive to opportunities. It makes you so attractive to abundance. It makes you so attractive to other people who are also living radically obedient. And then y'all develop like these dope, amazing, like spiritual relationships. That's how it is with me and my friend, Coach Kiwi. Like Kiwi lives a life of radical obedience. She is doing what she's been called to do. I'm doing what I be what I've been called to do. And every time we get together, it's like fireworks. Every time we have like these entrepreneurial powwow sessions, we go out for for tea together. We were just in Chicago a couple uh, weeks ago at a conference together. And every time we're just like, like, it's just so magnetic because we understand the language around obedience. We understand the requirements and sacrifices around obedience. And so we like, what, what, what's, what's the saying goes like what's understood don't have to be explained. I, I forgot all y'all fancy sayings, but that's how it is between me and Kiwi. Like somebody, we were at a conference together with one of our favorite speakers uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And we're, we, we both have, of course, VIP platinum seats. So we sitting there in the third row together. She didn't save the seat for me. Like we just had a good time. Right. And like a speaker on stage saying something and we both at the same time grabbing our pen, our notebook, writing it down, high-fiving each other, leaning over, cackling because what's understood doesn't have to be explained because when you ha- when you live a life of radical obedience, you attract other magnetic people. So I'm literally watching people be attracted to her and she meeting new people. 
we in Chicago at the, what was it? The Hilton Doubletree, whatever it is. We just three days in this doggone city. And Kiwi, who's a fitness instructor, she's leading a mini workout class in the gym at 4 a.m. I'm like, how did you get these strangers to come to a workout class at 4 a.m.? Because I know you didn't make a call out before you got to Chicago that I'm here. She's literally had just met these people at the conference. They saw and heard what she does. She's talking with all this passion. And they, in that short amount of time that we in Chicago, want to be in her presence. That's attractiveness. That's magnetism. So I'm down there doing the work with every, the workout with everyone. It was just a beautiful thing. And so when you live a life of radical obedience, you attract other radically obedient individuals and it changes everything because your relationships have like a spiritual component that can't be explained because both of you have an understanding. You have a level of consciousness that's above what is that of most other people who are living a life out of fear, who are living a life of disobedience, honestly. And so that's the second second risk of disobedience is you demagnetize yourself. And it ain't it ain't a good look because don't nobody want to be around nobody who ain't attractive. Y'all know all the anytime somebody sees somebody fine, whether it's a man or a woman, you see them with another person, they become more attractive. Like, oh, somebody else wants you, I want you too. That's what magnetism is. We other people like to see other people being wanted and desired. And then we want them and desire them too. It's like, it's like, it's dope, right? It's just like demand, right? Supply and demand. But anyway, okay, let's get into the third risk because I get excited. Um, <laughs> so the third risk of disobedience is you really, and this is a little more tactical, but you fumble around and try and DIY your whole life. And and what happens is you DIY your whole life, you DIY your whole business. Um, and you find that you never grow to the vision that you had in your head. And then you, uh, you risk resentment. You, you risk resentment of whatever that vision was. You risk resentment of your business. You risk resentment of your life, of people in your life, because you more than likely haven't developed the self-awareness and the self-maturity enough to realize who's responsible in that equation. And so we begin to place blame on things and people outside of us. And so you, because you're not attractive, you're, you, you've blocked your own blessings living, you know, all these years with disobedience. And so now you're trying to do DIY everything, do it yourself. And it's, it's 10 times harder. See, one of the things that obedience does for you in your life, no matter how big and bold the vision is, the, the steps, like the blueprint to get, get there becomes easier. Like, so my vision, my big, bold vision is to extend the healthy life expectancy of people of color, right? I want my work, the work we do at the Black Health Academy, the work we do here at the Plant Protocol, plant-based coaching certification, the work we do at Farm to Table, plant-based coaching program. I want it to be responsible for extending the healthy life expectancy of marginalized communities, of black people, of people of color, right? And that's a hell of a vision. Like that's a hell, that's a, that's a big, big vision, right? I didn't try and push it down when it was divinely downloaded into me. I didn't try and block it out. Like I, I ran full speed ahead with it because that's what obedience tells you to do, right? But that sounds insane. It's like, where do you start? Like, okay, do I overhaul the medical system? Do I overhaul medical schools? Do I just go straight to the people and teach them how to take care of themselves? Like, you don't even know where to start with an assignment like that, right? And that's not your responsibility. You just have to know, okay, I got the assignment. 
what do I know at the level that I'm at now? And what impact can I make on the level that I'm at now? Like, I don't have to see all the steps from A to Z to get to moving. I don't have to be in control of every single thing to take action. That's what obedience tells you, right? Living a life where you surrender to faith tells you that I don't have to be in control of every single thing. I just need to know the assignment and I need every decision that I make to be aligned with that assignment. That's it. It, it's, It's that simple and it's that hard. It's that simple and it's that hard, right? And so the third you know, very real risk of disobedience is you try and DIY everything. You never invest in your obedience. So, hey, you never invest in the plant protocol, plant-based culture. You never invest in a coach. You never invest in a therapist. You never invest in, you know, a a mindset coach. You never invest in a health coach. You never invest in the things that you need to produce the most optimal and most capable version of you. And so you try and DIY everything. And the issue with DIYing everything is that we all have blind spots. All of us have blind spots. And so if you have not strategically put somebody in place to, to identify those blind spots, you're going to be building on a very unstable foundation, Right. You can't build anything from the ground up if the foundation is not stable. But when you operate out of lack, when you operate out of disobedience, when you operate out of fear, when you let your insecurities make all the decisions for you, then you have a very unstable foundation. And anything you build on insecurity, fear and lack is going to fail. It is. It is anything built on insecurity, lack, fear, worry, doubt, ego is not going to last. But things that are built on radical obedience, I don't care like things. Okay, let me not get on my show. soapbox. things that are built from a place of genuine selflessness. One of the ways to know whether or not you're obedient is that the assignment is selfless. The assignment is always selfless. Like there is no ego in the assignment, right? And so things that are built on radical obedience and you just being, you know, obedient to the assignment that you feel like you've been assigned in this season of your life, some kind of way things work out. And I promise you this, some kind of way things manage to work themselves out. It is truly amazing to me. Everything you need in that season to get that particular assignment done will be provided to you. But because people can't see that and guarantee that, because the average person can't guarantee that, because the average person is a control freak, they they don't take those leaps of faith. They don't take those chances. Because if we can't control it, like we don't want any part of it because there's too many unknowns. All the magic is in the unknown. Literally all the magic is in the unknown. All the magic is in those gray areas. Like you're simply, you're, you're trying so hard to stay in the black and white, the things that are extremely clear and evident, right? But the magic is in the gray area. The magic is in the unknowns. The magic is in obedience. And when you operate out of radical obedience, everything you think you lack to get the thing done will be provided for you. It's, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, it, it, it's the way I literally pay uh, well over five figures for a coach this year. I was like, how am I about to afford this? Right? Some kind of way. God did. <laughs> Some kind of way. And so 
I'm telling you right now, people think that obedience is hard. No, no, no. The consequences of disobedience is hard. Obedience is not hard. When you compare it to the consequences of disobedience, the consequences of disobedience will rock your whole world. The consequences of disobedience will alter the trajectory of your life and everybody around you. The consequences of disobedience is something that I pray you never have to be faced with. Because obedience will never be as hard as the consequences of disobedience. So if you know that there's something that you're called to do, you're compelled to do, you've been assigned to do, you, if you don't, you better get it done because them consequences are going to come fast. They're going to come hard and they won't stop. Like, you know, people, why is life happening to me? I'm a victim. Why me? You know, you disobedient. What do you mean? What do you mean? Right? Like, so those are the three consequences and risk of disobedience. I just want to make it very clear. So for those of you who are considering applying for the plant protocol, plant-based certification, I'm telling you right now, if you know you are called to, to help in this space, if you know that taking a plant-based approach to a problem you want to solve in the world is the way to go, like you know this is it for you, I implore you, like you need to apply. But I'm going to tell you right now, we are not for the people who are just shopping and who are just trying to figure it out and trying to see if this is something they're into or not. Do that on your own time. But once the vision is clear, once the assignment is clear, and it's just a blueprint that's blurry, we, we ready for you, right? We, we're we ready for you. I had to literally turn someone down yesterday. Like, you're not a good fit for us right now. However, I, I'll tell you what to do to get ready. Here's what you need to do. Do that, come back. And apply again. It's okay. It's okay. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to operate out of integrity 100%. Because I owe that to the people who did qualify for the program to make sure I curate a learning environment for them that is safe. To curate a learning environment for them that is aligned. Meaning everybody in the room understands the mission. Everybody, what they say, everybody in the room understands the assignment, right? So I can't let people into our ecosystem who are not on assignment, who are literally in search of their assignment. No, figure out your assignment, and then the plant protocol will help to create structure around that for you. But if you're not sure on it yet, then you go find it first, okay? Because we, again, the assignment is clear, but the blueprint is blurry. That's that's the people and the coaches we serve inside of the plant protocol, all right? Um, yes, <laughs> Milan said, come on, Blueprint. Yes, Milan is in the plant protocol right now, has a very clear vision of helping parents with children ages zero to seven to lose weight in order to prevent their child from becoming overweight and obese. Like, uh, Milan's vision is so clear. She just needed structure. She just needed to understand how to build out her IP. She needed to understand how to develop her identity and you know her messaging but the assignment was clear from Milan when she came into the plant protocol and that's who we work with individuals for whom the assignment is clear but the blueprint is blurry and so we help make give you clarity around the blueprint on how to get to where you're going so listen I said all that to say today is the last day to apply <laughs> today is the last day to apply for the plant protocol plant-based coaching certification our current enrollment period is closing today friday october 21 
and it won't be open again for a while. So um, we're getting people enrolled. We're getting people acclimated into the program right now. We don't, this is, enrollment is not year round um, because I also need to control you know, I need to control the growth of the program to make sure everyone is getting the attention that they need in order to get the work done. So we are we do not have year round enrollment. So we're in an enrollment period right now. If you're interested, you want to apply um, because I am I am uh, I am very selective about who gets in the program. Um, and we are very strict about our enrollment periods just so we can kind of protect the integrity of the community because um, it's not going to be a good look if everyone is coming in all the time. So we want to control the growth and the integrity of the community. So if you're interested in being certified in plant-based nutrition and coaching, right, you're maybe not confident in your ability to coach and you need business acumen to structure your uh, coaching program, then you want to apply for the plant protocol. Click the link in my bio or in the show notes here um, and apply because I'm telling you right now, we this is a mission-driven program. There's a whole bunch of plant-based certifications on the market um, that are just all about helping you understand the science and making you more articulate and why a plant-based diet is optimal. But we take it about, I don't know, 100 steps further <laughs> and we help you to build out a, uh, we help you take your passion and your vision and build out a disruptive coaching business. And that's very different than every other's um, plant-based certification on the marketplace. Um, most of them just teach you about science that at least the one I did, uh, that I got certified in did. And the couple others that I researched and look at their curriculum, they teach you the science. They teach you about, you know, the, the, the ethical reasons and benefits of going plant-based and becoming a vegan. Um, they may have, they may, you know, throw one, one lesson towards business and coaching, but we deep dive into both like heavily, which is why our container is so long. It is a year long container because we embody all of that in one space and we don't just focus on the science because most people don't need as much of the science as they think they do. Um, what most people really need is coaching, cognitive behavioral uh, coaching, an understanding of that discipline and most people need the business structure we go heavy on the science don't get me wrong like there's tests you gotta pass you have to prove that you um comprehend the the science um but that's not all that's required like just mastering your subject matter is not enough to truly um build out a disruptive coaching business meaning you're disrupting the way a certain problem is currently solved you see envision a way in which it can be done better and you want to put that into play, but the blueprint is blurry on how to get there. And so that's who we serve inside of the plant protocol, plant-based coaching certification. Listen, y'all better click that link in that bio and apply today is the last day until next time y'all. Ciao.